0: listening to fanfare tracks
1: because of the following special program wonder woman and the incredible hulk will not be presented this evening single file.
0: This is Making Tracks. Here are your hosts, Mark Newbold and Mark
1: Mocaster. That's not true. That's impossible. You're listening to Making Tracks. I'm your co-host Mark Newbold and joining me today is a man who at Star Wars Celebration has got more panels than the Star Destroyer. Mark, how you doing?
0: Stressed. Oh my god, Baron under the strain of Celebration Prep, and we are now, we're 30 days out. Holy hell, it's coming fast. But other than that, I am fine. How are you? How's things? How's your week in Star Wars been?
1: My week in Star Wars has been very busy. Obviously, same as you, Celebration Prep, which, which never stops and never slows down and never ceases. But other than that, yeah, good. I think we're sort of within the the boundaries now of another season of live-action Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Gives us loads to talk about on the site, reviewing it, doing the guides, and obviously reaction chats, which we do each week. Last week's went down rather well for the first episode of The Apostate, so that was great fun to do and be back on the
0: horse with that one. As ever, full-on bonkers, but fun. If it's not fun, why the hell are we doing it? So, have you had any new acquisitions into your collection? I have got one big thing. There's a few little bits and bobs coming in. I'll tell you about two. The first one, is
1: it's terrible. Arcade One Up released a few of the Star Wars trilogy arcade machines, the the smaller versions that Uh they've released in the States, into the UK. I put a piece on Tracks, and as I put the piece on Tracks, I couldn't help but order one for myself. You have to assemble it yourself. Yeah. And if I was a member of the Avengers, I wouldn't turn up because I cannot assemble anything. (laughs) So it's (laughs) laying in pieces on my bedroom, well, my collection room floor at the moment. It looks kind of simple to put together. And it's really well explained. So no slight on Arcade 1UP and the the team behind the the machine at all. But Martin Keeler has got one of these as well. And he said it took him three hours. And I'm thinking if it took him three hours, it would probably take me four hours. And right now, I ain't got four hours. (laughs) So I've got this very nice, which will look amazing when it's done, Arcade Machine Mm -hmm. in bits on my collection room floor. Which, of course, as a consequence means I can't really get around the collection room at the moment. So I really need to grow a pair and get that built. The other thing I got was, as you know, we interviewed John Favreau recently on Making Tracks, and uh, at the end of that conversation with him, who, by the way, was a lovely fellow, stood up, shook our hand, asked all of our names, couldn't have been nicer. At the end, he famously has his challenge coin. Yeah. And so at the end, I, I pulled out a, a fanther patch and a, and a badge with the fanther logo and I said, oh, it's just for you, John. This is us. This is who we are. Favreau, bless him, went out the room and came back in like 10 seconds later with three of those coins that he gives out that's already up in the in the cabinet with the other sort of lucas bits pins and stuff so thrilled to bits with that so that was rather groovy so yeah so i've got a very cool coin that i was fortunate to get and an arcade machine and too lazy to build how about (laughs) you mark
0: yeah nothing as cool as that i do feel your pain actually because there's nothing worse than looking at flat pack stuff and kind of going oh so what have i had Mm. i have well yes just today in fact um, speaking of celebration, everybody knows of the running of the Hoods, you know, the row Hoods. Yes. Since a certain episode of Andor came out, there's a little community <laughs> that has formed around the prisoners of Narkina Five and the One Way Out run. So, and it's not necessarily accurate. It wouldn't be approved with any of the costume clubs, but it works for, for all intents and purposes of running around the XL and so that's come, and I've tried it on, and literally it arrived about an hour ago. you know. And, and the thing is, I actually ordered it pretty late. I ordered it at the end of February, and I was like, I don't think this is going to arrive. And actually, the estimated <laughs> delivery day was the 12th of April. And so I was just like, well, yes. that's just cruel. I mean, if it was like a few days later, that would have been okay. But no, bizarrely, and it's not even Amazon. It was AliExpress, of all things. It turned up, and I put it on, and it fits. I mean, it fits well enough, as in like... I said to a friend on Facebook, "I can't get this top off because <laughs> it was a it was a bit <laughs> tight round the older uh, round the head of all things."
1: Yeah, there you go. Check your Skype right now and check for the picture I've just sent. you.
0: Yeah, you've got one as well. Awesome. Yeah. So the question. So the question I have, and I've been asking lots of people, yes. and this is partly because I went to LFCC with the Rebel Legion. So I saw a good friend of mine, Drew, and he was wearing his for a bit, and he was actually wearing it barefoot. So, I'm just wondering, mm. are we going to go all in and are we going to go barefoot? I'm quite up for that. You know, I might have to get like a pedicure or something before celebration. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hear that there are plastic foot coverings you can get,
1: but I also think that if you've got a veruca, why not share it? So. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, what is, what is celebration if it's not about sharing things? You know, because everybody's got merch <laughs> and got their own swag, so they can get my Verucas. However, the other thing that dawned on me. Do you think that prisoners were wearing any underwear? And does that mean we need to go commando? Oh, God.
1: Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll, I'll take one for the team when it comes to potentially standing on like needles and... <laughs> and, and broken glass. Yeah. And broken glass and stuff, yeah. But I, I'm not quite so sure the world's ready for full view of my... For little Mark. Um, I was going to say something else, but yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to spend most of Celebration in a cell somewhere, who wants VPLs? I mean, it's probably a good idea. Yeah,
0: exactly. And to be fair, the Mando Mercs, as far as I'm aware, and I have it on good authority, they will have their jail cell at the fan group area. So we could potentially, I mean, I don't know how many people we could fit into it and it sounds like there could be quite a lot of us, but, you know, there's definitely a, cell, a jail cell <laughs> that we could break out of, which would be quite funny. I don't know about yours, but if you've got the same one as mine, it, it doesn't breathe, does it?
1: You're right, it doesn't breathe and it's, it is, as you said, quite snug in the head area. Yeah. I heard almost a tear sound oh, yeah. i'm hoping it was stretch. the suit and not my ear coming off <laughs> and i tend to test the structure and integrity of most clothes as it is yeah. <laughs> um so it could be interesting yeah the more i think about it and i don't want to think about it too much but the more i think about it i'm thinking i'm probably going to get some white underwear because some bright spark starts debagging nike five prisoners that could not end well oh, i
0: tell you well that's a great idea
1: anyway onto the news Onto the news we've got loads to talk about it's celebration season as we've mentioned you're going to be seeing us running around the XL in wonderful white and orange jumpsuits. We've already got a great load of guests coming. We've now found out that Michelle Ang and Simon Cassinides are going to be there at the XL as well. Simon Axewoves in The Mandalorian, Michelle Omega in The Bad Batch. Good guests to add to the lineup, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's a nice way to round it all off, really. You know, you've got the voice of Omega and Axewoves, so that's, you know, a bit more Mando magic for the, uh, for the autograph hunting hounds and that. So, yeah, a fairly chocker autograph haul.
1: It seems to be. I mean, it's built up nicely. You've got something for everybody. There's people from all over the sort of the spectrum of the Star Wars galaxy, and I suppose to say it, this announcement of guests is specifically people who are signing. There will be other guests coming to the show. We know that John Favreau will be there. We know Dave Filoni will be there. Other people will be there, but but not in the autograph hall. So I think they, uh, when they talk about guests, they're specifically referring to to signees or signers, signees. But on that topic, Cantina 2, Sunday the 9th at the O2, the Indigo at the O2, they have announced and started announcing guests as well. And they've added a, a fantastic array of guests so far Andy Seeker, Michael Culver, Lewis McLeod, most recently, as we record, Garrick Hagan. Again, what a great lineup of people to be bringing to the O2 for, for what is a gig, but also a signing event now.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of like the guy said. It's a con festival, isn't it? You know, it's kind of like a convention slash yeah. festival. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think it's quite nice. It's kind of like a bonus. It's almost like the proper celebration after party is at VO2 and it is hashtag Cantina2. Exactly.
1: Boon to Eve on Thursday the 6th. They also have signing guests as well. They've announced their first wave of guests so far. You've got Alan Fling from Return of the Jedi, John Coppinger, who was involved in Jabba the Hutt in Return of the Jedi also, and Tina Simmons, who was... Also in Return of the Jedi, so boots are going big on Jedi guests. If you were in the area and not going to celebration but prepared to go to these other sort of satellite events, if you like, you could still
0: fill your boots with some really great autograph guests, couldn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think it's really nice because it, for us in the UK, we've we, we've said this loads of times that you know we are pretty much spoiled when it comes to the talent that we get over here and sign on a regular basis. However, if you're living in deepest darkest belgium you are coming all the way from australia and america you know some of these uh, talent don't make it over to the us and internationally very often you should definitely take the time and put it on your list to kind of go go to boon to eve go to cantina see some fantastic bands and listen to some fantastic podcasts and everything else and then meet some amazing lovely and um very generous for their time like star wars actors and that and get something signed or get a photo on that so i think it's a win-win in some respects it almost just makes celebration that much bigger
1: yeah absolutely right it is it's becoming more than just celebration it's a bit like new york comic-con when there's other things happening around it it's becoming a festival if you like can't wait it's on the doorstep right now as we speak also they've announced the first panels for the main stage at star wars celebration Woohoo. friday the 7th the opening day 11 a.m to 12 30 so it's a 90 minute slot on the celebration stage celebration returns with a must-see showcase, we'll kick off the weekend's festivities into Harvey Drive. They're going to talk about upcoming adventures, The Mandalorian, Andor, loads of other stuff. That feels like the place where they could potentially announce new stuff as well as celebrate yeah. the things that we've mm-hmm. already got on the go.
0: Yep, I completely agree. We said this, I think, last time, Vanaheim, the Lucasfilm showcase, you know, that's not necessarily just Star Wars. You know, we've got indie coming out in a few months' time after celebration. This is the panel to watch, I and mean, I'd imagine this will be the one where all the big headlines get announced.
1: Saturday the 8th, 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock, celebration stage once again. Ahsoka, basically. Filoni, Favreau, certain guests,
0: hopefully Rosario
1: Dawson, will be looking at Ahsoka. So, again, maybe a teaser, if not a trailer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Rosario's signing. So, you'd imagine there's a window of maybe an hour and a half, two hours where you probably couldn't purchase autographs because she's probably going to be on stage. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? If you're going to have Filoni there and Rosario Dawson is actually in the building, get her on stage. Let's find out from the. um, the horse's mouth, so to speak, what it was like to play a stoker. And yet, yeah, like you said, I would imagine there's going to be photos and possibly a teaser or maybe even a clip. If they might even do that horrible, nasty thing whereby they're not actually going to show anything outside of the stage, but I'm sure for those in the stage, they will see something special.
1: Monday, April the 10th, celebration stage once again, talking about the Bad Batch. Got Jennifer Corbett, Athena Patillo, Dee Bradley Baker, Michelle Ang are going to be there talking about that. Sunday four till five on the celebration stage. Walt Disney imagineering, the imagineering? They're talking about Galaxy's Edge, Galactic Star Cruiser, forty years of return of the Jedi, Saturday eighth, two till three, celebration stage. That is the fortieth anniversary panel for Return of the Jedi. We never got one for Empire. No. We did get we did get one for a New Hope, which was Enormously memorable. You get the picture. We've listed everything on Phantom Tracks. It's all there. And as I'm scrolling through the site, they are adding stuff as we yeah. speak to the Galaxy stages as well. So since we posted this to Phantom Tracks, new stuff has been announced. It's all coming onto the official celebration StarCelebration.com website. Also, very usefully, where they stream it to other stages. So for example, the Ahsoka panel, which is on the Celebration stage that's going to be streamed to the galaxy stage, the twin sun stage. So they are really uh, making sure that people get a good view of it. So it really is coming together very nicely. Hi, this is David W. Collins, voice actor for Star Wars and sound designer at Skywalker Sound. You are listening to Tracks. We know it's coming to some of the main stages at Stole Celebration, and that will be added to as the days and weeks go by. But also we have the collecting track, an absolutely essential part of Celebration. It's been a staple of the show since Denver back in 1999. Gus Lopez had basically two weeks to pull together the very first collecting track. And of course, it's Gus, so he did. It's coming back for Celebration Europe. A couple of really cool things are happening. One, they're bringing the medallions mm-hmm. back, which were always awesomely, awesomely cool. And two, Mark, you're doing a
0: panel on the collecting track. I know and I'm actually bricking it, (laughs) if I'm honest.
1: It's a great title, We're Dress Collectors Collecting Through Costuming and Cosplay. Who came up with that title? I love
0: it. Uh, So the whole spiel, and as you can tell, um, it's the longest description out of all the other panel um, descriptions. It is by quite some way, yeah. So that was Greg, Greg Alonso. So Greg Alonso, actually, uh, Rebel Legion member, uh, as well as myself and my good friend Phil Parker, we have decided to do a little panel about kind of like how you can kind of collect Star Wars items through cosplay me and greg that's more like the actual costuming items so i i have a kind of a bit of a, a semi-focus on found parts like a found part is is generally the item that they then use to source greeblies but the difference is is that some people will put them onto their costumes i have a tendency to buy them and look at it and go oh it's too nice to destroy so therefore i kind of keep it in yeah. its original state so there's that and also then the ancillary kind of like swag and merch you know so all the kind of stuff that comes along with being in a international costume club like the Rebel Legion or the 501st or Amanda Merckx. so yeah it should be fun hopefully it won't necessarily clash with the, the main celebration stage panel but if it does well then it's uh, me talking to Greg and Phil and Phil talking to me and Greg <laughs> it'll be fine <laughs>
1: We've put an article on the site updating with all the collecting track panels that are going on. We haven't got a time schedule, as you've just alluded, so we haven't got that yet. As soon as that comes out, I'll fold that into what's here already. But just to give people a flavour, Mark Salotti and Gus Lopez is a panel on Star Wars coins and medallions. Quite fitting, Absolutely. given mm. that they have, as I say, just announced that the medallions are back and they are gorgeous. The Lego collecting panel, it's uh, Jeremy Beckett from Holybrick Archive, uh, Graham Hancock, the editor of Blocks Magazine, and James Burns from Jedi News. James is a staple of this panel, so he's been doing it for years and years and years. They're going to look at returning the Jedi's Lego and all of the stuff coming off the back of that. And some panel called World Rest Collectors, Collecting through costuming and cosplay, but nobody cares about nope. that. <laughs> European vintage Star Wars stores, display, Star Wars store displays. Uh, Matthias Rendall, Darren Simpson, Good Palavas, and Thorsten Greth are going to talk about all the store displays that you could find, not just here in the UK, but all across Europe as well. Worldwide Star Wars collecting oddities. This sounds absolutely yeah. fascinating. Joey Glaziers, Darren Thomas, and Gordy Owen—they're going to look at some of the really rare collectible stuff and just to remind people and it's a complete fluke and there's literally no logical connection to the two things but the collecting track is a thing that happens at Star Wars Celebration but collecting tracks you can probably see the link is a podcast we have here on the Fanta Tracks network it's Richard Hutchinson and Chris Leddy they talk about what's going on in Star Wars collecting mostly looking back through time at stuff that's happened in the past with a very experienced eye check that out on Fanta radio whilst you're checking us out for everything in one location Daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video and social media feeds. Bookmark com for Star Wars news 24 365. Yeah! We've just learned that at Star Wars Celebration, the return of Star Wars Celebration Live, it means you can listen to celebrated guests and in exclusive interviews. It's all on the live stream and the host this time round, Anthony Carboni. Christina Ariel from The Horror Republic Show, Christian Baver from This Week in Star Wars, and Jamie Stangroom, UK legend. It's going to be a bit special, I reckon. That's a good, uh, good mix of people,
0: isn't it? Good mix of people, nice lot of energy there. They're a fantastic bunch. And yeah, I think now, what would Celebration B without the live stream? We're tied to various different responsibilities across the weekend. And so you look down at it and you're going to go, yeah. oh my God, there's so much stuff I want to go and see in all these panels. And obviously we know that no, not all the panels are going to be streamed. However, knowing that I can come back like on the 12th or the 13th of April and I can sit down and I can start picking my way through some of these panels kind of fills me with a little bit of relief I don't necessarily have to get too stressed about what panels I'm missing hopefully there'll be a camera floating around the fan group area at one point or another to see what's going on so I better be my best behavior
1: I doubt that very much but let's hope there is because I'm looking forward to seeing how that all comes out We have a listener's question. It's coming from Skyhawker, a regular questioner of Fanthatrax and Fanthatrax Radio. His question is, hi dudes, always a good start. It has always disappointed me how the kids' toy Mando helmets, that's Boba, Django and dinjarin have always had an oversized T-visor. Presumably this was to avoid the kids not being able to see well and consequently falling over and breaking their arms. Having just watched The Mandalorian Episode 1 of Season 3, I was delighted to see the Mando kids have this oversized visor as part of their armor, making this cannon. Do you think that Dave and John noticed the oversized visor in the toy, like I did, is taking credit for this, I love it, and decided to address (laughs) this, or am I reading too much into all of this? And that's from Skyhawker. So, as you saw in that opening scene from The Apostate last week, the T-visor is clearly bigger, and it is exactly like the kids' version of the toy. John and Dave are fairly savvy, and
0: so are the designers on the show. Do you think there's some logic to that? Because that actually kind of makes sense. Absolutely. That kind of does make sense. And also just logically thinking, they could have just repainted a kid's Hasbro helmet. Yeah. I don't particularly know the the kid's costuming kind of line particularly well. I'll give you a hint about it, Mark. It's smaller. Except for the visor, which is bigger. From an in-universe perspective, that actually kind of makes sense when you think about it because, you know, you'd think they've been put on this, this helmet and they have told they can't take it off. You know, the first time you wear a helmet, the Boba Fett one, not necessarily quite so bad, but the Stormtrooper helmet, when you put that on, it's like, oh my God, there's very limited visibility. And there's even other costumes that are even worse. You could kind of maybe see that they've done that just to give the families a, a bit of a fighting chance. I suppose as they progress and that, the T-visors TV get kind of smaller. And I mean, if you kind of even look at that collection of uh, Mandos who were there for that ceremony, they've all got slightly different mm-hmm. designs and all slightly different whips and... There's, you know, a couple that are more like the Night Owls Bo-Katan belongs to. Interesting, but it's a good spot. It's a very good spot. But just riffing off the back of that, when you have a youngster
1: put on that helmet with a large yeah, what happens when they have to take the helmet off and put the next helmet on? Aren't they breaking all their vans? Well,
0: well, this is it. Logically, we, we saw this in Chapter 4. He takes his helmet off to eat. So I think mm. it's more of a case of you can't take your helmet off in public in front of somebody. Because you'd imagine, you know, when you're flying around the galaxy, you probably wouldn't wear your helmet. If you're flying by yourself, why would you? Nobody's going to see you. Ah, yeah, ah, but, uh. but I thought about this,
1: because okay. we talked about this on the action chat, didn't we? Yeah. When when Grogu's in the back and he goes in the front, he sort of nestles up to Mando as he's fast asleep. And I thought maybe if Mando was in his own quarters at the back of the ship and the ship's on autopilot, travelling from one place to another, he probably would take his helmet off. Because like you say, there's nobody else around to see him. But because he's in sort of a glass cockpit of an N1 fighter, when he drops out of hyperspace, you don't know who's going to be there. Somebody could see him. Yeah. it might be a stranger or it might be a friend, but somebody could see him. So I, my logical head says, oh, he'd think, oh, no. I am mean, literally sitting in the front window here. So he keeps his helmet on. That's my That's logic. That's your
0: logic. I mean, I wasn't necessarily just referring to um, Mando. You think about Boba and, and Jango. Jango takes his helmet off as soon as he went into the Slave 1. Do you think, yeah. you think Mando's too honest? Do you think he shouldn't have said anything to the album? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how is she going to know that he's lying well, from the from the tone of his voice? I mean, maybe she could be that deceptive. She's pretty on it. I, I mean, I suppose maybe it's better to, to tell the truth and not get caught out in a lie. However, it's not like he even put any form of defence up. And we say this like because he took his helmet off to Grogu. It might not necessarily be Grogu that was the issue because he's part of the clan, maybe. There might have been some kind of allowances for that. Yeah. That's a good because, point. Because yeah, uh, let's yeah. be fair, you know, I'm sure Mando weddings are for those Mando nuptials. we might need to kiss the bride. You know, if you get married, does that mean that you still have to keep your helmet on? Or you know, does the order then oh, wow. kind of start to have some form of like celibacy? You know, like a priest order.
1: Well, it used to be you'd, you'd hear the headboard knocking, but maybe with the Mando you would hear the helmets banging together. So
0: obviously, this <laughs> is a thing that John and Dave have, have done the right thing. They've kept the whole, got to keep your helmet on, fairly vague. And I'm sure there's going to be a load yeah. of exceptions. You know, you think even like when um he was injured in season one, when he's uh, getting repaired yeah. by um IG-11 and he's kind of like, oh, you can see my face. I suppose it'll be like anything. It will probably be whatever the story needs it to be. So let's say him and Bo-Katan or him and the armourer get it on. They're going to have to take their helmets off, surely.
1: I just like the Mexican wrestler logic. The mask never comes off. It's it's such a part of their wrestling culture. Certain Mandalorians, not all of them having this same sort of logic. I know we've slightly drifted away from uh, Skyhawker's original point. There's got to be certain circumstances where it's accepted. And as you say, if you're alone fine, nobody's going to know, why would you mention it? You know, you've got to clean the helmet, it gets damaged, yeah. you need to replace something, the helmet's got to come off. So that's understandable, but there's got to be some logic to it. But by the same token, it was the Armourer that basically referred to Mando and Grogu as a clan of two, the Mudhorn clan. So Mando seen Grogu, who by association you could see becoming kind of a Mandalorian at some point. I don't know what the constraints would be. I've seen talk online, I think you've mentioned it as well, about What's to say that they're not necessarily all human? There might be Nikto's under there, different ones. You said it last mm-hmm. week. That's understandable to us to a degree, you know, considering the size of heads and helmets that they wear and such. You know, if a Duros had that on, if Cad Bane had a Mando helmet on, you wouldn't think anything of it. Grogu had his chainmail vest that Mando gave to him. What's to say at some juncture that he doesn't get his own helmet? And the point is, you is saying about us joking about how honest does Mando need to be in the face of the armourer. Phil only said that it's probably not that far down the road now until we actually hear Grogu speak. And Sod's Law, the first words that come out of his mouth, he'll just point to Mando and go, he took his helmet off, <laughs>
0: you know. So <laughs> you see being him honest him is up. probably a yeah. good thing, isn't it? So just doing a very quick image search, I can see all manners of images come up. However, there's, at least in the Mando Mercs, there are helmets for Twi'leks. There's got to be some form of canon or EU backstory for that. Well, I think we're going to wrap up for today, but... Fear not, because Making Tracks will be back very, very soon with a reaction chat for Season 3, Episode 2 of Mandalorian, which actually technically is, what, Chapter 18. Thank you very, very much for listening, and obviously thank you very much to Mr Hawker for sending his uh, listeners' question, which, uh, yeah, we may have uh, trampled all over. However, I think we did answer it there or thereabouts. If you would like to send in your own listeners' question, that would be great. Mark, can you um, let everybody know how they can do that? see nice certainly can. Thanks for listening to Making Tracks as always. If you want to be a part of the action and
1: stay updated on all the latest Star Wars news, visit phantatracks.com or check out the free free Fantastracks app through the App Store <laughs> Anyway, you can reach us and send in your listening questions by emailing radio at Send in the questions and we will answer them and discuss them. And as Mark says, trample all over them. Comment, like, and share on any of our social media pieces at Tracks And be sure to subscribe, leave a review, preferably a five star one, on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Semple for composing the Panther Tracks intro, Adam O'Brien for our making tracks of your music, and Mark Daniel and Vanessa Marshall for our voiceovers. Remember, tune in to Good morning, Satowin. It's live Sundays at 9 o'clock UK time, 4pm Eastern, 1pm Pacific on Facebook and YouTube. And check out our Fantasy Rush Radio Friday Night Rotation. It's every Friday night, 7 o'clock UK time for new episodes of the Phantom Down Under, Planet Layer, Desert Planet Discs, Sight Your Engines, Collecting Tracks, Cannon Fodder and special episodes of Making Tracks. And every Tuesday, 7 o'clock UK time for your weekly episode of Making Tracks. And that's me, done for this episode.
0: Hey, well done. We got there in the end. In the, in the end. end. It took a while. Yes, I shall um, not dilly-dally around and say... Until next time, stay safe, take care, and may the force be with you. Coming up next on Fanta Tracks Radio, it's another episode of Making Tracks.